It's Friday night, which means it's time for another episode of the Friday Night Nicktoons podcast. I'm Casey. And I'm Ashley. Last time we talked about Spongebob, specifically the bubble stand episode in honor of Steven Hillenburg. We also put out our weekly Twitter poll asking, uh, now this goes back a previous episode because we did a double release last week, but regarding the Avatar discussion, we asked, do you think Jet was lying about the old firebender being sent to kill him? And uh, 69% of you said that Jet was lying, 31% said that Jet was telling the truth. Um, a, A few more people on Jet's side than I would have thought, honestly. Yeah, I I agree. Like I said, I I do think there is some ambiguity there. I think that it's not impossible, but I definitely would have would have expected fewer people to to be on board with him. So yeah, or like believed Sokka over Jet. But then again, like you said last week, we don't know. Like Sokka doesn't have all knowledge. Like there could have been a knife tucked away somewhere. Right, and he even said he he said he didn't see one. Right, like he might not have been lying, but he's just not trusting mm-hmm. Jet in the first place. But yeah, I, I think I think I agree with the bulk here that I I choose to believe that Jet was was making it up to try to convince Katara and Aang to be more on on his side. But um, and I think even maybe he thought that Sokka would have gotten on board with him too. But Sokka was definitely way too skeptical to be to be turned in any way there. For sure. All right, this week we are continuing on with our Avatar The Last Airbender watch. We are on episode 11 now. Follow us on Twitter at FNN underscore podcast and Facebook, facebook.com slash FNN podcast. Review us on Apple Podcasts so others can find the show and make sure to check out our YouTube page. Thanks so much for tuning in. Now let's get started. Like I said, this is our continuation of Avatar The Last Airbender. This one is The Great Divide from Book 1, Episode 11, and originally aired May 20th, 2005. The next destination the protagonists stumble into is The Great Divide, the world's largest canyon. The group starts bickering, so Aang decides to put his diplomatic skills to the test. He solves their minor disputes involving a tarp and whether to use it as a blanket or a tarp, and his skills are soon put to the test a second time when they come upon two feuding Earth Kingdom tribes who are forced to cross this canyon together. Aang sends Appa across with the most needy people of the two tribes, and with the help of a knowledgeable earthbender, guides the rest of them across. In the end, Aang is able to end the feud by making up a story, essentially lying, and the two tribes travel together to the famous capital city of the Earth Kingdom, Ba Sing Se. Yeah, this is this is definitely a divisive episode. People have a lot <laughs> of opinions about it. Um, but I, yes, I will say the it's... irony with the title there, especially, the, <laughs> and there's like a triple irony here, triple meaning the Great Divide, meaning the physical place where they are this canyon there's the great divide between team avatar at the beginning there's the great divide between these two tribes and i guess there's a fourth one with a great divide between the fans of the show yeah and and i personally like this episode but i can see 
where people's kind of issues with it lie. I, I understand. I mean, one, it's really the closest thing to filler that we see, um, which, you know, compared to a lot of animes, one episode of filler is really nothing to be uh, complaining about, but it, it really just doesn't, doesn't really move forward much with the plot, and we don't really encounter these characters and their disputes I don't think ever again, really. It's kind of just this standalone, interesting situation here. Um, yeah, even as I like looked through the wikis to find my segment for this episode, there's. Just, I thought I would maybe cover these two tribes, but we there we know nothing beyond this episode. <laughs> there is no other reference, so it is filler. I will say, when we got to this episode, I was shocked. I had no. It does feel pretty jarring, like. The, where we left off last week with the episode about Jet, I would have never predicted this was the next episode if I hadn't known. Yeah, and it, it does just kind of feel like we're not... We're not dealing with, again, any of the conflict that we usually are. And, and I understand that there's been a lot of random little adventures they've been going on, but usually we at least have, you know, Jet who kind of fills in this sort of situation with the, uh, with the Fire Nation, right? Like, um and gives us another perspective on that. This is really just these two standalone tribes who don't like each other that are completely like, they do reference the Fire Nation and the Fire Nation is why they have to make this trek across the canyon, but their their existence is pretty random and yeah, pretty, pretty much just not really touched on otherwise. But I still enjoy the episode personally. Me too, um, I like it a lot. I wouldn't say it's like a top half episode of the series, but... I'm less polarized on it. Like, I wouldn't say I love this episode, but I certainly don't hate it. And it has a lot of important lessons similar to the waterbending scroll, the whole, is it okay to lie sometimes? It's a, a great question. Yeah. Um, and and delving into it too, we do get some fun Katara Sokka banter, right? Which is always, always just fun to start out with. And, and I think it's, you know, it's, it's kind of interesting to see these two different perspectives. And I think it does really, I mean, the whole thing is basically the, there are two sides to every story, right? That's, that's basically the gist of everything. Yes, it is. And yeah, it's all a little melodramatic. It's all a little too perfect. Like not when they start the episode with this argument over whether it's the dry season. So Sokka doesn't think it's going to rain. So he wants to use the tarp as a blanket for extra warmth and Katara wants to use the tarp as a tarp just in case and the uh so already not very subtle setting up this idea of conflict for the episode then we meet these two warring tribes and there's obviously conflict there but then they literally have the same <laughs> conflict with the tarp uh which was kind of funny but also kind of like really <laughs> Yeah, it's a it's a literal a little literal, right? It's a little over convenient, perhaps, that the way everything boils out. Um and and it is a little I don't know if spoon fed's the right way to put it, but but just very obvious in a sense. Um and I, I think we see that in other senses too, right? Where Team Avatar has some sort of a conflict that ends up being similar to the conflict of the rest of it. But yeah, it's a lot of very obvious callbacks going on here but um you know i i think i think really just the thing that i enjoy about this episode is kind of that um 
like a as a psychological study of people almost because I, I really think that despite it being sort of out of place in the series perhaps I think I think it does kind of talk about people in a way that makes sense and uh, this is skipping ahead a bit but they're all told not to bring food on the journey and both of the groups end up bringing it anyways and it's this interesting sort of like um, game theory situation where uh, I forget what the names of the two tribes are but you know the, the quote unquote like messier of the two tribes was like well we knew that they thought that we would bring food and they'd bring food anyways so we decided to bring food because if they're gonna bring food and it's just like this whole you know interesting uh, look on distrust of people there Yes, yeah, the game theory is very true. It's it's kind of like that, uh, what's that thing the Joker does in The Dark Knight with the two ships where you can blow up one of them and it's based on what you think they're going to do. <laughs> it's a situation like that, but of course they both choose the selfish option and everyone loses. Um, it's There's so many historical conflicts this is reminiscent of, but uh, the most obvious is Israel-Palestine, the, which goes back millennia, not just a hundred years, but there's definitely some nods to history there, and I don't know, without getting into it too much, I think we can certainly uh, see this as an uh, image for the U.S. politics right now as well, so... All of this is super relevant. It's just the question of whether it should have come up at this moment and in this way. Yeah, and, and again, I, I do understand why people don't love this episode. And, and yeah, it's not one of my favorites, but but I just like kind of the, the vibe of things. I also kind of like how uh, Sokka and Katara both get really, really wrapped up in this whole thing, right? They're, they're both... Um, you know, they're, they're hearing each of the sides of the history about the redemption ritual, as it is, and they're they're both so trusting of the side that they they pick, right? They get super, like, uppity about it, and I don't, I don't know, I just think it's a it's an interesting sort of look. Um, yeah, I would need a, I, I may suggest there is an element of um, both sides are equally bad going on here. <laughs> <laughs> that isn't always the case. In this scenario, I suppose it is. And Aang has this neat moment with this, like, earthbender guru guy who says, uh, lonely, isn't it? Being impartial. And it speaks to the inherent loneliness of the Avatar and how he has to be this world figure. And But the interesting part of it is, you know, Aang doesn't have any interest in compromising with the Fire Nation. So there clearly is a line. Yeah, and... Yeah, so maybe a little little less in the middle, but very often he does kind of catch himself trying to be, you know, the as much of the middle ground as he can be. Mm-hmm. Um and yeah, um I guess I guess we can get into so again, there's just these two conflicting tribes. There's this dirtier one and this more proper one, I guess is the the quickest way to put it. Um, right, and the, the Ganjins and the Zhangs, I think they're called. That sounds right. And they um, they have some interesting insults. Like, the, <laughs> the, the one of the insults is that, what I think you have it written down, about them getting old because they're so clean. And it's like, is that is that non-desirable? Do people not want to live long lives? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. They say, uh, 
Oh, what was it? Oh, yeah. If you weren't so clean, maybe you wouldn't live to be so old. I wrote, is that a dot 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 a diss? <laughs> like, seriously? But I do kind of see, like, they're insulting their age, I guess. But it's, it, it is, it's just like, kind of funny. You have a higher life expectancy. Got, <laughs> Got them. Em. Like... <laughs> But, but I do, yeah. I love the animation style change when they tell the histories. Uh, it's kind of like Gerald's Legends in Hey Arnold's. So there's this mythic element to it. it. It does build the lore of the world, even if it is very narrow and it's never called back to again. It's a very George R.R. R. Martin sort of dead end of the world building. Like, oh yeah, and then there's this little wing that never goes any further. But it's still cool to see anything from the past and... Uh, so there's Wei Jin and Jin Wei were like warring. Were they brothers? Uh, so here's the thing: is we don't really know. Aang right. says that they're brothers, but they're not brothers when the other tribes tell the story, and we know that's that true. Aang's completely full of it. But right. I mean, they could have been. That that's kind of the the thing that I guess I could also see people having gripes with is just how ambiguous this is. And, how, right. and like, how quickly they all give up, too. Aang is like, oh, well, I actually knew him. We'll skip to the end real quick. It's like, oh, I knew Wei Jin and Jin Wei. They were brothers, and they were eight years old, and it was over a stupid game called Redemption, and uh, which was clever and all that. But they're so ready. They're like, oh, okay. I guess we were just holding a grudge for all the wrong reasons. Wouldn't they have more information that could disprove Aang's story? Do they really not have any documentation from a hun- just a hundred years ago? Yeah, it's it, it's kind of funky, and and um, another thing that's kind of funky too is that it, it's a little out of character for Aang. Um, he's a jokester and everything, but like him lying about this sort of like major conflict is a little bit i don't know just feels a little bit strange coming from him for me Um, yeah and i guess it's in the pursuit of mediating but like he he, he's way too good at it like he and shouldn't be a great liar i think right that's kind of what i mean like he suddenly just comes up with this whole elaborate story and I, i do think it's fun how it you know could make sense kind of a thing but yeah like he he's not really he doesn't lie enough to be good at it, right? <laughs> um, exactly. But but yeah, the, the whole two sides of every story element of this episode is really interesting. That through Sokka, we see the uh, the the Zhangs, and through Katara, we see the Ganjins. And it, it, we do sort of see both of their sides, but they're ultimately bringing each other down. They're like, what, crabs in a bucket? Isn't that the metaphor? Uh, maybe. Like, they're all trying to get out of a right. bucket, but they keep crawling on each other so no one can get out. Yeah, and, it, like, it is kind of interesting, too, that, I don't know, like, this whole thing about what the redemption ritual actually is and what any of that was is kind of just up in the air. Like, like you said, do they really have such little information about it that it could have just been a game? And <laughs> it was also only, and the, like... And even emotionally, they're all just like, oh okay like that doesn't line up with humans in earth no <laughs> maybe no. in this universe it does but even if you like we see all the time people are proven wrong and they dig in their heels because it's what they think yeah and, and it's not like they were all all over him being the avatar or something too right because you could argue almost like you know well he's the avatar though and they're all gonna trust his word but it's not like they were particularly you know like pumped about being with the avatar anyways so th- 
Yeah, it, it like so there's there's definitely holes. I think I think my favorite part of it is like you said those animation styles. We have the um sort of more jagged style for the is it the Zhangs? Are they are they the Yeah. The, they're the more rough around the edges. Yeah. Ones. And their and their the animation Zhangs, style fits more, that. Mhm. Yeah. So I I really do think that's my favorite part of of the whole deal, but it's a great idea, and the attention to detail is great. Like the Ganjins, even their weapons are very like straight and orderly, and the Zhangs is like curved and tougher looking. So it, it all of that detail and world building is great. But what purpose is it serving in the greater universe? Yeah, yeah. So so yeah, I think I think we both agree. There's definitely places to uh, complain about it, but I do just think it's fun to watch. I think it's a fun episode. Um, it doesn't really pull along our story all that much, other than now we know that we're, you know, they're getting, or I guess because we're not going to Bossing Say quite yet, do we? I don't think so. It's not our. We're still trying to get to the. To yeah, the, the water two tribe, tribes right? are going together, but it yeah. is one of the first mentions of Bossing Say. So it it sort of I guess you're right. It 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 does introduce the concept of Bossing Say being the capital of the Earth Kingdom and that it's very important. Which uh, will be very important in our story later. Yeah, and and just the idea that we see that there's a lot of sort of uh, earthbenders getting you know sent out of their homes, their refugees going to this main city. I, I like that. That is yeah. relevant information. And um, you can picture this being like a hundred different stories all over the Earth Kingdom of different tribes and different villages migrating essentially. Right, like we just happen to run into these people who happen to be crossing this great divide at the same time, but presumably this guide is bringing people across frequently, right? So it does That's give us true. a little bit of insight into what's going on there. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, we've got I... this. Go I've ahead. got a f- one or two more things. The, the twist on Aang's harsh words and, and taking oh, yeah. action. Um, you know, Aang is keep saying like action is more important than harsh words yeah. and they take that to mean violence and so they start to attack each other and Aang's like, Ah, I mean harsh words are fine. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> harsh words aren't uh, so bad. I mean Yeah, I... yeah. Uh, and there's this little like music box accompaniment for the flashback, the fake flashback that Aang comes up with with the these little kids that look like baby Sokka's as Jay Wynn and uh what is it? Um Ganjin, uh, no, not Ganjin, that's the tribe. Um, Wei Jin and Jin Wei, is that it, right? Yeah, that yeah. sounds right. Um, when Aang is telling his fake story, there's this little, like, music box accompaniment that's very cute, and... Yeah, and Aang straight up calls it lying, and Katara goes, You did not, that is so wrong, with a smile, and I wanted Aang to be like, So how about that uh, waterbending scroll, Katara? <laughs> like, you, you want to talk about that? Yeah, it it is kind of funny, just the that whole dynamic and everything. Um, and again, it is it is kind of out of character for Aang to suddenly be lying about this stuff. But you know, I, I don't know. I'm I'm kind of like thinking a couple of ways because I don't really know if I would have bought that he conveniently saw these people. So I don't know if I would have preferred that it ended with he was actually just telling the truth or or what. I don't know. It just is what it is. It's just kind of a, a weird in the middle episode that that doesn't really fit in with the rest of the show, but you know, it is what it is. For sure. 
Yeah, we, I think we're, uh, we've just about covered it. I'm sure you all have many opinions on this episode, so let us know. I definitely do want to hear other takes on this episode. Yeah, I, I know there are some people that have a much more negative view of it than we do, and I, I think there's valid reasons to be annoyed, but I, I feel like some people just take it a bit more seriously than, than either of us do. I almost wish, Casey, that we were more divided on this to make things a little <laughs> more interesting. Yeah, give it a fifth. Uh, twist on the title (laughs) yeah that would be funny we haven't really gotten into it in a while in terms of disagreeing on an episode no no we haven't i and to be fair i think for most of avatar we're just going to be continuously agreeing that the show is great Um, (laughs) i'm sure we'll find some conflict somewhere someday you guys don't worry of course Um, um all right are we are we about wrapped up for your segment or is there anything else we're missing no, let's let's do it. Let's go right into it. So my segment is on the food of the world of Avatar. Mm. Uh, I think there's a lot of... So there's a theme of them hiding food. And there's a little bit of highlighting of the Earth Kingdom cuisine. And so I wanted to sort of talk briefly about the different traits of each of the four kingdoms. And so what we know about the Air Nomads was uh, they were strictly vegetarian... And they were also known for their sweets, like fruit pies and custard tarts. Um, They used a lot of fruit. Um, They made dumplings, macaroons. So, like, sweets and veggies is very much the Air Nomad way. And rice, too. Lots of rice. Um, Then the Water Tribe draws most of their food from the ocean, fittingly. So, um, they have crab, sea prunes, squid, seaweed, seal jerky, which I can't decide if that sounds either really good or like the worst thing ever. I would probably try it if it was in front of me, but you know. <laughs> but they use, uh, they have fish. They In the foggy swamp tribe, they hunt giant flies, which is kind Ooh. of upsetting. Uh, they'll eat giant sea crab, octopus. Uh, oh, they eat platypus bear in the northern water tribe. Um, yeah, so that's, and then seaweed is sort of their version of rice. Like, they make it into noodles, put it in stew, they use it as sprinkles. Um, yeah, they have all sorts of water-based dishes, or sea-based dishes. Then in the Earth Kingdom, there's obviously the most variety, because it's the most varied kingdom. Uh, they eat a lot of fruits, nuts, veggies, rice, and tea. Um, meat and poultry from wild game and farms are common. There's a lot of farms in the Earth Kingdom, which I hadn't really thought about, but with the amount of land they have, it totally makes sense. Um, and the most delicacies are found in Ba Sing Se, but then regionally there will be simpler village fare. And, um... This hasn't happened yet, but I'll just spoil it because it's so minor. Uh, Zuko at one point has a meal in Ba Sing Se, and he comments that the food tastes almost identical to the Fire Nation food with less seasoning. So there's clearly lots of earth and fire interrelation. Um, Yeah, so I think Earth Kingdom is the closest to, like, American cuisine in 2018. It's very meat-based. It's based out of farms. And also with fruits and veggies, too. Um, and yeah, they love tea in the Earth Kingdom and, and obviously in the Fire Kingdom as well. Um, so, And then last but not least, the Fire Nation has lots of spicy food. Um, it 
Um, they put spices into many of their delicacies and treats even. Um, they use lots of grains, meats, and veggies. So uh, lots of flour. They use rice too. So it seems like only the water tribe doesn't use rice very much. Um, they'll have like they, they'll eat clams and duck. Komodo chicken and Komodo rhino, which if that isn't just the most firebending sounding food ever. Um, yeah, and they, oh, they make fire gummies, which is a snack food. They make flaming fire cakes. And they have ice cream, which is just regular ice cream. That's kind of hilarious. Um, sizzle crisps is another snack that they have made from meat. And, uh, yeah, there's lots of regional specialties on different islands because the Fire Nation has a lot of islands. Um, they make tea, of course, and they also make watermelon juice. So yeah, that's uh, a very detailed account for some reason. I love that someone tracked all of this. It's pretty amazing. Yeah, that's actually that's actually really cool. And, and when you think about it, too, that they built out sort of all these different cuisines and... Uh all this different culture. I, I just think it's really, it's really fun. It's, it's, it's another piece of the world building. And, and really most of those things kind of make sense with like the climates that they're in and, and mm-hmm. how it all works. So, uh, yeah. Cause like, how would the water tribe even grow rice, but you could grow it in all of the other three. Right. Right. Yeah. It's so I think stuff. that attention to detail is really cool. Cause how easy would it have been for them to like accidentally animate a water tribe person eating rice, but they don't because the continuity is just really, really thorough. Yeah. Well, alrighty. Cool. Cool. Should we head to that conclusion? Sounds good to me. guys our twitter poll for this week is related to that tarp we keep uh, keep seeing referenced there during the dry season is it a blanket or protection from the rain so do you do you use it to keep warm or do you want to be a little bit more careful and keep it for for in case it does end up raining interested to see where you guys go on that one <laughs> it's so specific to people who don't watch avatar are gonna be like what are they doing <laughs> um Next week, we're going to do an episode of Doug that Patricia recommended to us. So really excited to give it another shot. We, Patricia and many others pointed out that we've only focused on Doug-centric episodes of Doug, whereas the best episodes come from the side characters, which is kind of misleading given, you know, the name of the show. <laughs> but we'll give it another chance, and I look forward to uh, watching it with open eyes and ears. And with that... Be sure to follow us on Twitter, Facebook, YouTube. Find us on Apple Podcasts as well. Thank you guys so much for tuning in, and we'll see you next time.